Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, PK. How are you doing tonight? A little chilly. I'm not used to that. I want our sunshine back. Uh-oh. What's the temperature? Cool <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what it is, but I, it, for me, it feels like a zero, and I know it isn't. <laughs> I'm sure it's in the low <laughs> The low 70s or high 60s, but I, we're just not used to that change. <laughs> you no, you're not. Oh, how funny. We had snow last night. That's incredible. It's I, gone, I, though. Those kind of things that, oh, oh, thank goodness is right. I like to see it come and go very quickly. Oh, yeah. That, that's the best. Okay. Yeah, it, it went today. It was <laughs> warming up. So, But, yeah, last night it was a bit of a shocker. So, anyways, but do tell. Now, we've got an incredible guest tonight. We had so much fun with Dr. Beitman when he was on the show with us before, talking about his new book, Meaningful Coincidences, How and Why Synchronicity and Serendipity Happen. And we didn't get to go through how this is related to the paranormal. So we had to have Dr. Beitman come back, and he's here with us tonight We're so excited to have him back. But before we bring him on, let me check with you on the numbers. What's happening? We're in November. Thanksgiving is, what, next week already? Oh, my gosh. Yes, it is. This month is all about our finances and putting things in order. And let me tell you, the rate things are going, our finances are going ka-ching and down because everything costs so much more. People are like, when is it going to stop? When is it going to stop? Not for quite a while yet. So do the best you can. Try to take care of some of the little uh, things that we get where we can save a penny here or there. Everything's out of sight. Eggs are almost 50% more than they were last year. So, I mean, nothing is normal or whatever normal is supposed to be. We are, Nothing's we're not reasonable. Yeah. No reasonable uh-uh. prices. That's terrible. But... Uh, so it everything is. this month, you can figure it's going to cost more than anticipated. And if you can put a little bit aside, by all means, do so. Because, of course, next month is going to be Katie by the door with the holidays. Even more so, it's Christmas. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're going to be very cautious with spending and, and try to look for those bargains if there are any out there. Definitely. I know here we well, we like to support our, our small farms that sell their own eggs mm-hmm. and things like that. So eggs in the store here nice. are about eight dollars. Yeah. Eight dollars in yeah, the store is three dollars. Yeah, three dollars at the local farm. 
So everybody, check out your local farms. They're great to support, and you know, they're paying for all of yeah all of their own chicken feed, turkey feed, which is sky high. But they're keeping their prices low, and the eggs are super fresh. I mean, I cracked open an egg tonight for dinner. That yolk was orange. It was so it was fresh, just oh. right today. I mean, you get them from the store; they're pale yellow, which tells you that they're not that fresh. So <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so take a look at your local farms, everybody. Yeah, there's a a few different places that are, they're running specials. They're running a special on one or two items to get you in, and everything else seems to be jacked up. You notice how much smaller the boxes are and how much smaller the cans are? And they think that we're (laughs) silly and we don't understand that they're shortchanging us. We're paying more and getting less. Less. Ridiculous. It is. It's not a good thing. So thank you for the warning on all of this. And Oh, my goodness. And I also wanted to give people a a heads up on property taxes because we're coming into uh, next month, and they are going to, at least in Massachusetts and many other states, they set your property uh, value. By the end of this year, so by you know November, December, you're going to have a good inclination about the amount they are going to tax you on. So it's your home's mm-hmm. value. They're going to be taking a look at that. And from what I'm hearing, there's a lot of uh, pressure on the assessors to increase that value. So a heads up and a warning. It is totally up to you to spot any mistakes on your property record card or Mm -hmm. any discrepancies in how you're being assessed. I mean, we had a woman here uh, a number of years ago, and she was being taxed on a very large barn. But guess what? She didn't have a large barn. She didn't have a barn on her property. But they had been taxing her on it. But she never looked at her property record card, so she did not realize that they were taxing her a a hefty amount. She ended up paying... um, about $5,000 in taxes on that barn that she didn't have, and she could not get the money back. You see, once the year has passed and you haven't filed appropriately oh. with an abatement and all of that, you're done. And so she was so upset, but she's like, you know, this is information everybody needs to have That's because true. if you don't know this, Again, you're being taxed at a high rate, most likely, and you're being, mm-hmm. um, you may have mistakes, let me put it that way, on your property record card. But it's up to you. It's up to you to look at that property record card. The record cards are free from your local assessors. You can get a copy. You can get a copy of your cost value sheet, which breaks it down even further. And then you can have a meeting if you find some things that aren't right and see if they will make an adjustment. If they don't, then there is uh, recourse in in court, which is not inexpensive. And sometimes if you're really smart, you can do it yourself. But hopefully you can catch it and fix it at the local level. But everybody needs to pay attention to this, and especially the elderly who are on a fixed income. So there is a book that my dear friend, attorney Patricia Quintilian, wrote, and I suggest Mm -hmm. you get it. It's called... Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Uh, this is written mainly for Massachusetts residents, and it is uh, written a number of years ago, but it is still 
valid and appropriate, and she lists a number of websites you can visit. So it's a great resource. You can even get it, I'm sure, at your local library. You can request a copy if you don't want to pay for it. But other than that, it is available on Amazon. And for any property owner, I recommend you get it. It it has a whole chapter on horror stories, and that's very entertaining as long as it's not you. And it has all of the rules and regulations. Yeah. So there are very strict deadlines that have to be adhered to if you are the property owner. So it it spells it Mm -hmm. out very clearly. And it is a a really good book to have in your library and also to give as a gift to anybody you know who owns property who thinks they're not getting a fair shake. So that's my my piece and my advice for tonight. So, again, the book is Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes, How to Find Out, and How to Fix It. So I have never seen so many Bigfoot videos as I have in the last few weeks. I don't know what's going on, but a lot of people are posting their videos, their trail cam videos, and they're quite remarkable. So something's happening where either people feel more comfortable to share or they're actually having more sightings. And also I wanted to let everybody know that David Paulides has a new movie coming out uh, today. And it is Missing oh. 411, The UFO Connection. And in it, he interviews one of our dear guests, Carl Higdon, who passed away earlier this year. So right. anyways, I take a look at that movie. I believe it's available on Amazon for rent. And we wish him the best with that endeavor. Uh, all of his work with these missing people has been just stellar. And we hope to someday have some answers. But for now, uh, that movie just came out today. Take a look at it. So back to our fabulous guest. We have Dr. Bernard Beitman. And he has taken us already on a journey through the inner workings of serendipity, coincidence, and synchronicity, and we're going to go further tonight. So if you want more grace in your life, if you want to hear how this is all a big doorway to the paranormal, you're in the right place. So Dr. Beitman is the first psychiatrist since Carl Jung to systematize the study of coincidences. He is a graduate of Yale Medical School, He did his psychiatric residency at Stanford University. He's the former chair of psychiatry of the University of Missouri-Columbia Medical School for 17 years. He writes a blog for Psychology Today on coincidence and is the co-author of the award-winning book, Learning Psychotherapy. He's also the founder of the Coincidence Project. He lives in Charlottesville, Virginia, and you can go to his website, which is Co- I think it's coincider.com. Yes, that's what it says. Right. And again, is that right, Dr. Beitman? <laughs> and the it. name of the book, I got it, um, got it. is Meaning- Meaningful Coincidences, How and Why Synchronicity and Serendipity Happen. It is a terrific book. We're, we're just thrilled to have you back. Welcome, Dr. Beitman. Thank you very much, you supernatural girls, you. Glad to be back. Well, we're so thrilled to have you back. Yes, we had so much fun with you. It was wonderful last time. So thank you. You're welcome. So let's uh, let's let's open a door to the paranormal here for a little bit because, as you said, we we were just standing outside the last time. So 
let's walk through. But before we walk through, for those who may may not have been with us before or want to be reminded, uh, a few definitions. Yeah, I study coincidence, uh, and the, my publicist calls me the king of coincidence, which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, it's kind of fun. It's like, uh, okay, kings only last for a while, so it's got a shelf life. So I, I don't. And this book is like, um, is like a, a, a stand that says I know coincidences pretty well because I've studied them a lot over my life, really, and try to make some coherence out of them. A lot of people have them, don't know what to make out of them. You read my book, you're going to get some organizing principles about how to think about them because what I'm trying to do is create a science of meaningful coincidences. And the first thing you have to do with a science usually is, like, um, describe what you're trying to study. So you can have theories and you can do research. So this is a preliminary attempt to define the area called meaningful coincidences. And some people don't know why I say meaningful coincidence, and the reason I do that is because there are two major forms, uh, synchronicity and serendipity. And they have overlapping meanings, and they have uh, somewhat different meanings. And so I want to go through the definitions of a meaningful coincidence and a definition of synchronicity and serendipity and a couple of other uh, words that begin with S and end with I-T-Y. So there's four words, S, with it being beginning and I-T-Y at the end that have to do with uh, the basic ideas around meaningful coincidences. So first, what's a meaningful coincidence? Thanks. Uh, what's a meaningful coincidence? It's the coming together of two or more events in a surprising, unexpected, and improbable way that seems to have significance to the person experiencing it, either at the moment or in retrospect, looking back, and may seem to have may seem to have a possible explanation. It's important to see in that definition that once you have an explanation. It's no longer a coincidence because you know how it happened. A coincidence is a question mark about how it happened. And if we know how it happened, then there's no coincidence, which is why you hear people saying, there are no coincidences. Yeah, we hear that. You hear that. And what do they mean (laughs) when they say, they sound like they know what they're talking about when they say that. I mean, even even now when I they do they, they do sound like that, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, there are no coincidences. <laughs> right. And what's the there truth is, of all of that? The truth is that the, the way they come up with that statement uh, for them is true because as if you know the cause or explanation of a coincidence, then... It's no longer a coincidence. And the two major explanations that people embrace uh, are God or universe, God universe as one, and the other is uh, random chance. Those are the two. Probability, chance, random. And so if you know, and I know some people, especially one psychiatrist named Ralph, Ralph, Ralph knows that all coincidences are all caused by randomness. 
They're all explained by randomness. He has a diatribe. I'm sorry. He has an article in Psychology <laughs> Today in which he says the universe is random. Get used to it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you can make meaning if you want to, but that's because you want to. There's no meaning out there. And that's what Jung was fighting with with synchronicity. He was trying to say there's meaning out there. It's not just random out there, but those who think that it's just random know there are no coincidences because they have a totally 100% explanation for them, as Ralph does. So Ralph knows there are no coincidences. On the other hand, there are those who say God, universe, fate, make coincidences happen. A favorite uh, a favorite line from some people is like, from Albert Einstein, is like um, coincidences are God's way of remaining, remaining anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, if you look at that, sentence, God's way of remaining anonymous, if that's true, then God is no longer anonymous because he's there, you know, he or she created the coincidence. So it's not anonymous anymore. It's a signature. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's there. But aside from that, play around with the words. Now, those who know that it's some kind of higher intelligence that is creating coincidences, they also say there are no coincidences. <laughs> so when you hear people say that, you don't know which explanation they're going on. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, mm-hmm. now, I'm going to ask you and, and our audience to say to answer me this question. They can't respond back, but maybe you can. If, if, if each of them know, I mean, are certain, like my friend Ralph, Another psychiatrist, Ralph. Ralph, how can you think like this, Ralph? Well, okay, okay. So I just, that's the way Ralph thinks. I've interviewed him a couple of times on my podcast, and I know he knows that's what's true. And other people know that it's God doing it. So those are the two. So how can they both be right? That's a good question. <laughs> Does make you stop and think for sure. Yeah. So I mean, what's what, your response I, to that? Just to ask that question. Um, oh, they you just both like asking other people. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, I ask other people because yeah. my is they both can't be right. Right. It's one or the other. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the anonymous. I like the anonymous signature of God. I just I like the feel of that, and. It's just there's something about it that feels expansive and true to me. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's so popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes I, sense. I'm, I'm this kind of this guy that looks at the words and, and say, if I'm signing my name, then that says that I'm here. So I'm no longer not here. I'm not. I'm no longer a mystery. I've just showed up. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we can get we can get into that. You like you like it, and I can see why you do. Now that I've gone into this a little bit more, but let's 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 get away from this. That that if you have an explanation, there's no coincidence. And I'm into saying that 
a lot of coincidences are con- are created by us to some degree or other. We have a limited amount of free will. There is mystery out there, and God and the universe and fate are part of explanations, and so is probability. Each coincidence has a probability of happening. So there's three different answers, generally speaking. So that's coincidences themselves. So let's go on to the other the other four, and then we're going to open the door to the paranormal. Um, and we're going to open it through uh, some of these other some, through these four different um, forms of meaningful coincidences. Uh, the most popular one in the United States uh, and uh, in Canada, I think, uh, are, is synchronicity. Uh, across oh, okay. uh, the Atlantic, uh, they like serendipity more. Uh, and hmm. this, it's a kind of like, um, I'm trying to bring them two together. Just imagine me with my arms stretched across the across the Atlantic trying to connect um, <laughs> Europe with the United States here. Uh, but that's what okay. I'm doing. Um, that's what I'm doing. I went to the first meeting of the Serendipity Society in 2019, and I, it was like in London, and they they tolerated me. I was the last speaker at the at the last day, <laughs> and they cut me short. So. <laughs> oh, you know. how dare they? <laughs> well, I, it was important for me to meet those people. I, 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 politically, organizationally, we're, we're establishing a connection across across the Atlantic. But that's another question. Synchronicity was a word invented by Carl Jung, and it was it was not meaningful coincidence. It was an explanation for meaning for meaningful coincidence. And most people don't care about that now. They use the word synchronicity for meaningful coincidence. But Jung had a separate meaning, which was uh, an a-causal connecting principle, meaning that synchronicity was a different form of how things happened. So meaning brought meaning brought two things that seemed not related together, and that was right. what that was a-causal connecting principle. And usually synchronicity is about interpersonal, psychological, and spiritual things. Jung was psychotherapist, psychiatrist, and pretty mystical. So that's what synchronicity generally is about. But serendipity is about happy accidents, finding something useful in an unexpected way or finding something useful uh, in an, in, in a, that you weren't even looking for. You're looking for it, you found it in a funny way, or you weren't even looking for it, and there it shows up. And those are more about um, like jobs and scientific discoveries, uh, as well as some artistic things. So serendipity is more about uh, things out there in the world rather than interpersonal or spiritual. Right. Well, then there's ser- seriality, which is a series of things that anybody can look at and see, like four words for meaningful coincidences, synchronicity, serendipity, seriality, they all begin in S and end in I-T-Y. And seriality is like seeing a thousand monkeys one after the other over 10 years, which your colleague of mine does. Uh, and not mon- real-life monkeys necessarily, but uh, movies and uh, on backpacks and bookcases and in cartoons and all kinds of places. This woman sees monkeys. They, they monkey around with her, as she likes to say. <laughs> then It fits. <laughs> Crazy. 
monkey magic. And then there's simulpathy. Um, simulpathy is the experiencing the pain of a loved one at a distance. Um, Jung was, for example, was in a hotel room uh, giving a talk someplace outside of Zurich where he lived, and he felt a he felt a pain on his forehead and a very big pain in the back of his head. It's about 2 a.m. And then the next morning, um, he got a telegram that one of his patients uh, had shot himself in the head through the forehead, and the bullet <gasps> ended up in the back oh of my his skull. Wow. There's a lot of stories like that. Now, this is where we walk into uh, the paranormal. Uh, this is right. where our discussions... Mm-hmm. That, that's the that's our doorway today into the paranormal. And what I, I'm going to try to get to with your help is uh, a model for how to explain telepathy. Uh, we, we've had a lot of trouble trying to explain telepathy, have a theory for it. And without a theory, science doesn't like to pay much attention. But I have at least a model, a picture for how um, telepathy might work uh, and how that might have worked with Jung and a lot of other things. But first, let's let's walk through the door and meet that weird bunch of human beings called identical twins. Oh, okay. Mm. I like that. Uh, I like uh, identicals. Tell us about that. Okay. I, yes, let's go into that. They are genetically very similar, not the same. Um even if they have the same DNA, uh, they are in different positions in the uterus, and one comes out before the other, but mostly they're pretty much the same body. Uh, and because of the similarity between the two of them, um, and that because they share same, the same primary life experiences, uh, that makes them more likely to feel the pain or understand the mind of their twin. Uh, a British writer, uh, Guy Playfair, uh, looked at the research conducted on twin telepathy. And it's important to keep in mind that if twins do it, so do the rest of us, perhaps not as frequently. So the research came up with twins saying uh, that, you know, when one twin is about to telephone the other, uh, mm-hmm. they often say the same thing at the same time. That knowing when somebody else is calling is something that uh, non-twins also do. I mean, each of the things I'm going to tell you, non-twins do. And I suppose you have that happen. You know who's calling, don't you? Oh, Mm -hmm. sure. Sometimes. Yes, sometimes we do, for sure. Sometimes, yeah. None of this is all the time. No. None of it. It's all the time. Who knows what the world would be like? It would be like all <laughs> one mind, and then one mind. I don't know. We'll get to one mind because that's an important idea in para, yeah. paranormal paranormal thinking. Uh, twins sometimes sing the same song. The other one was just thinking about. Um, they just and they just know when the other one is in trouble. How do you know? I feel uneasy. I was overcome with misery. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they share the same dream. Sometimes the, they share the same pain or injury. And I'm going to tell you one of the stories about sharing the same injury that is still remarkable, and it's pretty well documented. 
um, a six-year-old girl uh, had a black eye and was assuring her mother that she had not had an accident and felt no pain. Uh, Around the same time, her twin sister, uh, who was a couple of miles away, had been involved in a playground accident that had left her with an even blacker eye and the same one and considerable pain. I would call that paranormal, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I mean, to have it show up in in the twin's uh, actual physical body that way when she hadn't experienced the injury is remarkable. It's remarkable. And uh, Mm -hmm. they filmed it at the... Somehow they got film of that around the time and later, and they showed it on television. So this, 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 this is a concrete example of twins connected in a very physical way. Uh, it's, it's, it's. It, so you, it, a lot of people don't want to hear stories like this, as you know, because they it, it, it shakes up their view of reality. They don't like. They don't. They don't can explain it and it's scary it's frightening and i'm trying to use well yeah because a, yeah go ahead they they can't control it and you know something that's out of their control they don't understand it as you mentioned that's all a part of it and here's an example of something that not only was an effect of of understanding through telepathy or, or an experience through telepathy but it actually had a physical effect it, it changed tissue in this child's body and created a a black eye. So, yeah, I mean, the people that we talk to that are uncomfortable with this, they tend to want to control their reality, and they don't like anything mm-hmm. that appears to them to be out of their control. And this would be out of their control. So, yeah, it would be disturbing to them. We think it's fascinating, but they would find it disturbing. It's, I think it's great. It shows how connected potentially we all are, but certainly these twins had mm-hmm. an incredible level of of connection with each other. Incredible. You know, sometimes when a person calls the other person just as they're about to call them, no reason for it, right. but it's, it's a, joint, a joint venture taking place. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 was, uh, I, had a, I was recovering from a cold yesterday, so I was taking it easy. And, I, and then just today around 2 o'clock, I remembered that I was supposed to see a patient on Zoom uh, yesterday around 2.15 or so, and uh, I forgot about it. So I texted her uh, and said, sorry, I forgot about it. And she said, oh, I forgot about it too, and I just remembered that we were supposed to meet tomorrow. So, so around the same time I thought of it, she thought of it. Yeah. Wow. So it's always surprising when that happens. Yeah, that's and that's another one that's pretty significant because this is not a relative of yours. So mm-hmm. there there's some frequency connection between the two of you where you both hopped right. on to the same vibration and got the same message. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I'm trying to explain the details of that vibration. That's no easy task. I'm waiting to hear. <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing. How is he going to do that? <laughs> See, we're on the same frequency. <laughs> is that true? Well, boys and girls, hold on to your seats. 
because we're okay. going to take the rocket ship to who knows where. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get that, a uh, message from our sponsor, well, which is another story. Uh, and I'll get to, I'll get to that as soon as you if, when you when you two start saying you had enough of my telling you some of these stories I'll get to uh, that explanation. So if you're you just tell me when you're oh, ready. Oh no, we and, love the uh, stories. I mean, I think everybody loves these stories because it really illustrates so very well, you know, that we are uh, having another experience. It's not talked about mm-hmm. quite enough. So please continue to share the stories. They're wonderful. I will. I thank you for your <laughs> good. <laughs> I, I do appreciate your recognizing the difference between the twins and uh, my patients, but we both, in both instances, there's some kind of connection between the two people mm-hmm. involved. That connection Definitely. is so important. So let's do another. Let's do another story that's not so so less pretty. It's kind of ugly, actually. Um, there were two twins named Romulus and Ramus. Uh, Ramus became so angry at his wife that he tried to strangle her, yuck, but ended up stabbing her to death. At almost the same time, his brother Romulus was out with his girlfriend, with whom he apparently had a calmer relationship. Romulus suddenly felt compelled by some unknown force to strangle her to death. Oh, Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. That's what I think. You begin to wonder, uh, is it it one mind that we're talking about here? Two aspects of the same mind? Um, I'm not going to suggest that uh, quite, but something close to that is what I'm going to suggest. Yeah, that that could be of one mind. But it does seem like one... Uh, either one mind or one frequency uh, can overtake another, and that's the story you just shared. So this person uh, wasn't point. apparently normally violent, who knows, but uh, all of a sudden acted out in a way that was was horrible and was murder. But, again, why? You know, so that's the question I have is why did that happen? Was one frequency just so overwhelming and it kicked off something in, in the other one? Well, I think that's almost measurable. Um, but that's, I'm glad to hear how you think about it because it, it's helpful to keep talking about how it, this might be happening. So let's, let's do a, um, a more pleasant story um, that's pretty hard. It's pretty, it's pretty hard to see this one, hap- how it happened too, but it's the same idea really. Um, uh, Squire Rushnell has written a lot of stories coincidence stories in small books he calls coincidences god winks so he's very much into saying god creates these uh, coincidences uh he's going to be on my podcast in february and i'm really glad to be talking with him because he has some great stories squire rush mm. and one of them one of them involves Chris, christopher and marion well each one was reeling from divorce, uh, and they'd gone through the divorce around the same time, and they they found each other, and they felt good with each other. 
but the fear of intimacy kept them wavering about whether to commit to, them, to the other one. And they lived 2,000 miles apart. Not a big help. No. Yet they knew that marriage looked like an increasingly likely possibility. So mm-hmm. one day, Christopher was in, stood like he was in a trance in front of his bookshelf. He picked up a book called The Nature of Love and randomly turned to a page discussing the writings of Khalil Gibran. He read, Give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping, for only the hand of life can contain your hearts. Hmm. Beautiful. He called Marion and read the lines to her. She paused and told him, I am right now holding the same book in my lap, The Nature of Love. And the only part of the book I have read is the part you have just read to me. Gosh. (laughs) So did they get married? (laughs) And are they happy? Well, I don't. Right. I, the, the the funny thing about that is, during the marriage ceremony, the minister picked the same phrase to use as part of the marriage ceremony without ever asking oh e- either of them. Oh, I like that. Great, that's fabulous. Oh yeah, that's a nice one. What? One heart, what, one mind. And yes, and keep talking, you supernatural girls. You're romantics, I can tell. So what do you what do you think happened there? <laughs> what? Do tell. Well, what do you you tell me? I mean, you. Well, they you, got married, obviously. Yeah, but that the third, was there a happily the third, ever after. We don't know that. The minister came up with the same phrase. That's that's what was so cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I said just saying. One heart, one mind, even that it involved the minister as well. I mean, that's, again, the the power of that connection they had that also sent out a frequency to him. So, yeah, involving him, bringing him into their circle. That's that's a beautiful story, beautiful experience. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, See, I see a uh, lot of this a, a little differently and because of, you know, frequency and the way frequency operates that we really still don't understand. I know you're, you're working with uh, developing theory for all of this, and I, I see it as frequency to frequency, and some people have an amazing ability to get on other people's frequencies and either influence them or share with them certain things. I've seen this firsthand. I'm sure you have too. So I tend to see it that way, that it's kind of like dialing in a radio station and um, when you get to that right frequency and the other is on that frequency, that connection is instant. Mm-hmm. Well, I, well, I'm with you on that radio station thing very, very much. It was my first way of thinking about this stuff a long time ago. That, that we were, we are radios. We are like radios. We are like radios. We broadcast and we receive. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, see, I have an experience. I'll just share this very quickly uh, with a woman by the name of Marianne Shenefield. She's got a very interesting story that I'm writing about with uh, the late Betty Andreasen did a manuscript that I'm editing and adding my own experience with Marianne. Um, but she had an ability. She was physically blind, but she had an ability to get on your frequency. So, for example, I knew her quite well, and I would be sitting in my office seeing clients, and all of a sudden I'd smell cigarette smoke. And I didn't mm-hmm. smoke. My client didn't smoke. No smoking was allowed in my office. I'm like, where's that smoke coming from? I'd look outside. Nobody's there. And then suddenly it dawned on me, it's Marianne. Marianne was a chain smoker. So I called her up. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you on my frequency? She's like, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I just, I can't, can't stop smoking. I'm smoking like a fiend. And I'm like, yeah, we're both smelling it in my office right now. So knock it off. But, but she has this incredible ability to just jump on somebody's frequency. And before you knew it, you were having the cravings she was having. You would be wanting the food she was wanting to eat. I mean, it was, it was just a phenomenal experience. And she also had the ability to look into people's bodies and see what was going on with them and be able to diagnose it better than any doctor. So that ability to get into somebody's Mm -hmm. energy field, to jump onto their frequency, I've never seen anybody do anything like it ever, consistently. I mean, that's the difference. This wasn't a one-time thing. This was an everyday thing. So she described it that way. She said, I just can get on frequencies, and and I can see where she wanted to. She could influence people as well if their frequency was on the weaker side. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. (laughs) You can. That's a good one. I I appreciate hearing your story and other stories because I know my stories. I don't hear your stories. So that's a that is one that is a little different from what I have had experience with or read about. Here's a woman that can alternate alter her frequency enough to match the frequency of another person. Exactly. That is pretty good, especially at a distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do it in person. I'm always. Uh, and tell me what you think about this, because because uh, I know uh, I can do telepathy with patients and maybe somebody else that I know very well. I can tell what the person might be thinking when the person's in the room, or I can feel what the person is feeling when the person's in the room. But feeling what the person is feeling when the person is someplace else, which is what she can do, is to me somewhat mm-hmm. different than doing it in the room. What do you think of that? Absolutely true. Yeah, it is quite different. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, it, it well, speaks to a, a whole other level of connection. Uh, is, is frequency still involved there, do you think? Yes, In the I think so. I would think so she, also. Yeah, because, you know, with people like that, too, they don't experience time and space the same way. So it it doesn't really matter to them if you're, you know, it's, whether you're in the room or you're, you know, a, a, you're in Connecticut and she's in Massachusetts, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. She was able to do what she did no matter what, no matter what the physical is, circumstances were. Yeah. 
that is the best explanation I've run across so far, as simple as it sounds. It's not easy to understand, but uh, experience time and space differently. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we can go to temporarily experience time and space differently. All of us have that ability uh, to feel the pain of a loved one at a distance, as Jung did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, yes. And in those moments, then maybe we're more like a person you just told us about. Um, the time and space become something other than the way we think about it now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're yeah it's, it's almost it. irrelevant. It's almost irrelevant. You know, it's interesting. But it, it doesn't have the same relevancy. I think uh, I think I see what you mean. I think I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. You have a get-together of friends, and they're out shopping, shall we say, for a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. They're not together, and yet the two of them can come up with the identical gift and the identical color. That they didn't shop together, but it's for the same person. So the t- and it was something that that individual wanted and made it known, but neither knew that the other was going to respond and take care of the uh, purchase. Did both wow. of them know that's what the recipient wanted? It, it, through conversations, they had been brought up at different times, but nothing was said, I'm going to get that for her, or what are you going to get for her? They didn't discuss it after something had been said actually a month or so before. At the day of the event, both of them, the identical outfits and the identical color. Well, I just heard one about uh, two sisters uh, and different sides of the uh, United States, different coasts, uh, each mm-hmm. buying the same present for the other one. Mm. Amazing, isn't it? It is. I love it. Well, what, well, what, does it us, what does it make us think about hearing stories like this? I'm beginning to see the value, not just of me telling stories, but of us exchanging stories with each other. Mm-hmm. Because my stories make you think, and your stories make me think. Yeah, I, I think it's very helpful, you know, to do all this uh story sharing and it's because it keeps broadening uh, our experiences and the possibilities mm-hmm. so we're seeing well, new possibilities doors as well. your stories yeah yeah it, it, it really does open doors exactly that and i'm hearing new ideas listening to each of you as well so let's just keep this uh, dance going then let's just keep it okay. going uh, <laughs> we are in the paranormal yeah. now <laughs> That's right Is it going to be the fox trot or the wolf? Yeah. <laughs> right um, There's uh, let's, let's, let's try one that's um, A little different context um, Like a classroom um, And a teacher where um, okay. it's not so evident there's a direct connection between two people. Uh, mm-hmm. This one this one uh, was told to me by uh, a 
Marcus Anthony, uh, who teaches in China, Hong Kong, and other East Asian locations. He also was on one of my podcasts. Um, and he told me about uh, assigning his class of 14-year-old boys to write the first line of a mystery story, to write the first line of a mystery story. Okay. That night, Anthony had a dream. Anthony's the teacher that the police were on the lookout for Jack the Ripper. And for those of you who don't know who Jack the Ripper is, some of you may not know, mm-hmm. he was a notorious murderer in London, I think, in the 1800s. Right, yeah. Well, the, the mood of the dream was dark and somber, of course. He awoke with, he woke with the feeling of it fresh in his mind, Jack the Ripper. On the road to school, his car pulled behind another vehicle, a truck with a sticker on the back that read, Jack is back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's spooky. Was, <laughs> yeah. I think it was an ad for uh, Jack Daniels, but uh, I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Um, Jack is back. So he sees Jack is back in the, in the truck in front of him. So in class, and this is a key part of what I'm going to, what I want to hear how you think about it. In class, he looked around to sense where the energy was. That's such a key line, where the mm-hmm. energy was. His intuition confidently designated James as the place to start. So he called on James. And James began to tell the story of a woman who had been brutally murdered. Oh, my. The police went on. The police went, you got it. The police went on a hunt for the man responsible. They found him and tried to arrest him, but he fought back. The policeman fired. The man fell to the ground, screaming as he fell, silent, and death took over him. A dark and horrible shadow rose out of the dead man's body. It was the spirit of Jack the Ripper. Oh, my my goodness. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is the story that this kid came up with in class. That is that's an incredible story given what the teacher was dreaming about. Yes. Direct connection. Very much so. so. How, how, how do you supernatural girls with a Z think about that one? Uh, well, again, a little leery of oh, that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that I would just say that again, there is some uh, frequency that is connecting the two of them. Could be mm-hmm. in the dream world, you know, uh, that 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 happens because his teachers are always, you know, a good teacher is thinking about their class, their their children that they're responsible for, mm-hmm. trying to get them to a more creative space. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was that type of frequency connection between the two and that it may have, may have more weight uh, from the dreaming reality. So, I mean, there's, again, how many people have had prophetic dreams and things like that. Mm-hmm. Carlos Castaneda was involved in a study, a dream study in California, where they had, I believe it was 16 participants. Are you aware of this one? No. Dr. Brightman, that's a good one. And he um, 
so anyways, Carlos Castaneda from the, the books that were so famous um, years ago, and they had these 16 participants, and the, the doctors told these people, look, uh, we want you to keep track of your dreams, you know, keep a dream journal, and if anything unusual happens, we want you to call the Institute in the morning. So they're like, sure, no problem. One morning, all 16 of them called up and said last night, Carlos Castaneda walked into my dream and said, Hi, I'm Carlos Castaneda. Be sure to call the Institute in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I heard about this from a psychiatrist, Uh uh, Stu Twemlow, who knew of the study, knew the people involved, and he was the one who shared it with me. And I was amazed. I mean, now that, again, with uh, somebody as talented as, as Castaneda was, uh, and he studied uh, the, you know, the gift of dreaming. He really did know uh, how to walk into people's dreams and do something like this, and to have all 16 of them remember it so clearly that they would call up in the morning. So there's a power that happens, and there's a connection that happens in the dream world where there aren't the same kinds of boundaries. And again, time and space takes on a very different shape mm-hmm. there. Uh huh. Amazing. So I don't know. I don't have the right answer for for your question, but that I'm just speculating out loud here how this could be connected. That's really what I'm asking you to do. So I appreciate it. I do. Um, so what I do with coincidences like this, they're pretty astounding. Um, is yes, try to speculate about how they happen, which is what we were just doing. But I also like to ask and find out what it meant personally to the person, what coincidence means to them about their lives now and in the past and for the future. So what Marcus said was that synchronicity invited me to face the part of me that I had been deeply hurt by certain female figures from my childhood. Mm. I came to see... Mm. Yes. So he came to see his rage at women who had, he says, emasculated him. These are the women who raised him. And that experience, Mm -hmm. he said, had left me with a deep-seated lust for revenge that I would not, that I had not been fully acknowledging. That's a great personal revelation. It was. Yeah. That's, that 14-year-old helped him psychotherapeutically. Mm-hmm. He sure did. Brought it right out. Helped him psychotherapeutically. It's a two-way street. The, 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 the teacher helps the kids, and the kids help the teacher. Or can do that. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Now, are you also aware of the studies that took place with <clears throat> excuse me, children? And their parents, and their parents were having some difficulties, and they had these, so they had these couples that they were working with, and they had the the parents keep track of their dreams, and then they would have the children go into playtime. And if the parents dreamt of a car accident, the children would play car accident. I mean, they were acting out the dreams that their parents had been having. It was a remarkable wow. study. I, 
I mean, but again, that's why when I think about dreams, I think about something without, well, not without boundaries, but with very much reduced boundaries. And certainly that mm-hmm. connection between parent and child, I mean, for them to be playing the events that the parents were having, you know, were experiencing in the dream world, that's another thing that's quite high on the coincidence list for being oh, uh, yeah. meaningful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and what I would ask uh, was what did it mean to the, particularly the parents that the children were doing that? Yeah, I don't recall how the researcher addressed that. This is so many years ago, but I do know that it shocked. It shocked everybody that this was happening. Well, being as I still am a psychotherapist, and I'm very interested in how coincidences help us, synchronicity help us with psychological and interpersonal and spiritual development, I ask, what does it mean to you uh, as well as how to explain it? And if you were the parent in that um, and you had a dream like that, uh, a dream about the car accident and the, the children do the car accident in play, what would that mean to you possibly? Well, I think the first thing I'd look at is the car accident, which usually is something that seems like it's out of your control and creates a a traumatic situation. So I would look at that piece and go, okay, where is this happening in my life that I'm feeling I'm out of control and Uh these Mm -hmm. traumatic things are happening as a result of that? Mm Mm-hmm. So that's how I would see it, just off the top of my head. Yeah. Putting together the thoughts of what created the series of events that took place just before or right after that situation taking place, I think that would be worthwhile knowing what have happened the day before, or shall we say the evening before, to see how these uh, parallel with one another. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Uh, and more information like that is very useful. Uh, we only have this information at this time, uh, so those are good questions to ask. On what we've just, what you've just told us, uh, I was. <laughs> I'm just laughing about my own children now that I'm thinking about them and the problems I was having with my wife that um, it's all one mind in that family and the kids are picking it up so the car actually could be the relationship between the parents could be could very well be definitely yes at least what the parents are thinking is influencing the children much more than they think uh, that's it, right there. That's, I mean, that, that level yeah, of influence. Just gonna say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's a good well, one. That's, <laughs> yeah, I like that. A shocking one. They're like, they're like jokes, really. These things. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a good one. Can mm-hmm. also mean surprising, and oh yuck, boy, that's what. What? I mean. It, <laughs> The coincidences get emotional reactions out of you. That's the that's the whole thing. Some of them, some of them are just funny. Sometimes 
I have coincidence and I say, are you kidding me? You're messing with me again, aren't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. But don't you find that it gets people's attention? Maybe that's part of its purpose. It, it certainly is it part of its purpose. Mm-hmm. But some people's attention is very hard to get. Uh, yes, that's almost, true. <laughs> very true. <laughs> that's why That's why I'm doing it. I, I'm getting out there trying to get their attention by, by telling yeah. these stories and being a being a psychiatrist and going to Yale and Stanford and stuff like that. I mean, it's like, hey, look, I'm well educated. I know this stuff happens. Pay attention to it. I mean, that's that's my game on this one. Pay attention to them. There's something to this. Let's, let's yeah. look at them together. Yeah, and it's wonderful the way you, you bring it inward so that people can take this and look inside and go, what does this mean about my life right now or me or my past or whatever? So it, it's a useful piece of information for people who are introspective and are on a path that where they really want to know themselves. So it's it's wonderful information. Yeah. I, I call it psychotherapy by synchronicity. Oh, wow. <laughs> You should you should charge more for that because <laughs> it makes it sound like a lot Good more point. fun. <laughs> you know, it, there's certain rhymes to psychotherapy by synchronicity. So, so there's two sides in there again. Uh, it's like uh, I was talking to somebody uh, on, on another on another show, and uh, she says, "Tell me." Tell me what what is psi, and I go. <laughs> that's a psi. <laughs> that's right. a psi. <laughs> and but, got into what psi was. So let's let, let's 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 do Bernie's little little drawing of Bernie. Go, go up to the board and show us. How coincidences happen? Okay, I mean, how, how telepathy happens? Hey, Bernie, you in the back? You you say you can do this, so come up and show the show the supernatural girls with a Z and their audience your idea <laughs> on how telepathy works. Okay, how about that? No, I'm yes, too shy. I we want to know. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll please do it. Okay, thank I always you. wanted to be a pop star, so okay, I'll go up there. Okay. <laughs> So the in the in the last in one of the latter chapters of my book, uh, it's called Six Puzzling Cases," and these are cases that it was hard to really come up with an explanation. Except the Radio Lab guys on NPR like to do uh, probability or randomness, and other people say God, and I say what? Say what? Okay, so. I'm going to use this story, and you got to you got to think along with me visually to get some idea of where I'm going with it to try to explain frequency. What you're talking about is frequency, because I frequency is you are implying uh, energy transmission through some medium. Uh, there's some. Yes. It, it could be time spaces collapsing, but there's still some kind of energy and information being transmitted. I think that's what you mean by frequency. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, the phrase energy information is most important here because light and sound carry energy, carry information on energy at a certain frequency. 
You know, there's right. 10 hertz, there's 500 hertz, there's like all kinds of hertz that make you feel hurt. I mean, that hertz thing really gets me, and it's not a rental car <laughs> company. It's something that it hurts. It hurts. Right. hurts is a measure of frequency, ladies and gentlemen, in case you didn't get to that. And one of the, okay, yeah. I got off on this. I'm going to go on this one. I'll know this because it's one of my favorites. Um, as above, so below, you know that one? Uh, I'm sure you yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there's something called um, the ionosphere, which is something like six miles to 20 miles up or something like that. Uh, and it's made up of a lot of ions, um, positively and negatively charged uh, particles. So between the ionosphere, which moves uh, with light and dark and heat uh, of the day and night up and down, between the ionos- bottom of the ionosphere and the Earth's surface, is a cavity or a cavern. In that cavern is like lightning striking. Lightning goes, there's a lot of lightning strikes that we don't see. Uh, and it's a lot mm-hmm. of them permit around the world. And this lightning creates uh, a resonance uh, at a certain frequency uh, called, the free, called the Schumann resonance. And this resonance uh, has, uh, goes from about 7.8 hertz really probably higher than that now, maybe 8, 8.2, uh, to about 50 or 60 hertz. And the it has various gradations like harmonics between the 8 and the 50 or 60. Well, it turns out that our human brains also are operating at the same range of hertz, from about 4 hertz to about uh, 50 or 60 hertz. So our brains and the Schumann resonance are about the same frequency uh, in at the same range. So um, what a coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. How did that happen? Mm. Well, in yeah. the Schumann resonance cavity, I suggest there's something called the psychosphere or our mental atmosphere, that when we talk about one mind, we talk about our minds connected, that our minds are connected through this mental atmosphere, which is filled with energy and information. And that, that, what do you think of that so far? Yeah, it sounds very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. why wouldn't there be an atmosphere for that? That, that? You know, that sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Okay, well, that's an important, important idea because um, it's not so mystical as some quantum ideas can be where are really hard to understand or, or it's all one. It's really saying... There's a mind surrounding the earth, and not only our minds are part of it, but also the minds of a lot of the creatures, maybe all the creatures around us, animals and plants. And each of us is giving out energy information into the psychosphere and taking energy and information from the psychosphere. So there's a dynamic interchange between individuals and the psychosphere. That is as far as I'm going on that one right now, and then I'm going to tell my story. Okay. <laughs> and then we're going back to the psychosphere. Well, all right. This is this is this is like all right. We we get heavy trying to be scientific, and now we tell a story. Okay. Okay, yeah, boys. That sounds good. Here's the story. Here's the story. In June of 2001, ten-year-old Laura Buxton of Staffordshire, England, was attending her grandparents' golden wedding anniversary. 
Well, Laura Buxton needed a friend. Her grandfather, and you know what grandparents are like with their grandchildren and their granddaughters and their grand, uh, (laughs) I got a couple of those, and that just, you know how they feel. So this grandfather really felt bad that she had no friend and wanted to help her find a friend. So what did he do? He wanted to find a pen pal to start. And so he wrote Laura Buxton's address on a label with a message that says, please return to Laura Buxton and attach that message to a helium balloon that was part of this anniversary celebration and sent the balloon off into the sky. Can you imagine the the love that went into that balloon that grandfather let go? Yeah. Well, I can. It's impressive. Yeah. I, I, I can. I can. That's, yeah. So, a farmer in Milton, Lyborneshire, Lyborne, Wilshire, in England, about 140 miles away, get that, 140 miles away, pulled the very same balloon out of a hedge that separated his pasture from the neighbors. He noticed the name on the on the tag that said Laura Buxton. Since this was the name of his neighbor's daughter, <coughs> what a coincidence, he brought the balloon to this other Laura Buxton. So the first Laura Buxton, who was also 10 years old, then wrote to the second Laura Buxton, who was 10 years old, because this was such an, an interesting coincidence, their parents, and this was the key part of this, the parents thought maybe there's something to this. So they brought the girls together so they could meet. When they met, they were wearing similar clothes and discovered that they had oh three God. similar pets, including oh, three African black Labrador retrievers. Uh-oh. Incredible. How remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, I really So he found, he found the friend, huh? He did. He, he did, and they, they did become friends. I mean, there's videos of them uh, in college together on YouTube. Wow, I'll so be darned. Lifelong. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Goes back what to a successful. The Nothing well, new under the sun. Let's, let's use say, this. Say, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that just states that there is nothing new under the sun, regardless of how we plan. Other things step in and take its place. Well, some, sometimes it's new to me, so that's what the fun is, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, then, definitely. But it, it's startling when we see the combination of things and how they join together. It is. It is. It is. It is. And, and the, the idea that there's nothing new under the sun is very important with coincidences because usually – if you have had a weird coincidence or you're having one now, there's someone else having it, one like it now or mm-hmm. has had one like it or will have one like it now. So that's an important part of all this coincidence studying thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in a way, new under the sun because somebody else has already done it. So let's, let's, uh, let's use this balloon incident because it's pretty dramatic and you can visualize it as a way of understanding uh, or at least beginning to have a model of how uh, the how to explain how stuff like this might happen 
using the idea of the psychosphere? Well, let's look at the diagram that we just kind of kind of drew. The grandfather sends the balloon up into the air, uh, and that's into the psychosphere as well as the atmosphere. Uh, so then um, so the balloon goes up and then travels 140 miles, and then the balloon comes down, and then it's found, and then the two Lauras become in contact. A letter goes from the second one to the first one, and the parents come bring the two together. So we've we've created a kind of a rectangle. The balloon goes up. Mm-hmm. That's one at one side. Goes across 140 miles. That's another side of it. Then it goes down into the hedge, and then the two girls come together. So it's a, you make a kind of a, you know a kind of hypothetical uh, rectangle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that's that's the picture that I'm trying to draw because I'm suggesting um, taking an example of um, a friend of mine was just really upset because her boyfriend and she had broken up and um, she wanted to go back together with him but she didn't she was afraid to call him uh, didn't want to be begging so she sent up what she called a smoke signal. <laughs> and I, I, I could use your word, sent up a frequency, or sen- I'd say sent up a frequency with certain energy information in it, which was, I want you to come back. Well, what do you think of the idea of each of us having a higher self? Because that's the next step in this. Do you think each of us have a higher self? I do, but do you? Sure. Yes. Oh, Definitely. So what what is the higher self to each of you? What is that to you? Go ahead, PK. I was going to say it's it's that that feeling of I want what's the right words for it. It's it's more than who I am. It's what I want to be. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. Patricia, what's your thought? Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it's that, and I think it's, you know, the higher self is a, is a more all-knowing aspect, has more connection to other realms mm-hmm. when I think of the higher self. So, yeah, different perspective. It's kind of like the eagle's view. Mm-hmm. It's like the eagle, what? The eagle's view. Oh, eagle. The eagle sees yeah. things from above, mm-hmm. yeah. So something like well, that is, is, I think, part of it. Yeah. Well, just take that eagle's view, the more information, more accessible uh, views, um, and make that into a balloon in the psychosphere, a balloon-like thing uh, that is somehow connected to your mind. So it's like it's like going out with a balloon, uh, like the grandfather with a balloon if he'd had it on a string 
and the balloon went up and is still connected to mm-hmm. his mind. That's the metaphor of it. Am I, am I getting the picture across? Oh, yeah. definitely, yeah. I like that. I, and I really sure. like mm-hmm. the psychosphere, atmosphere. I like that. Well, good, because that's where pretty much your definitions of the higher self uh, are riding around because it's a balloon kind of thing that's yours, but it has access to more information because it's up there in the psychosphere picking up stuff and not being, um, let's say, blinded by uh, the our five our five senses here on Earth. It can get an eagle's view. It's a great way of saying it. That's what I'm suggesting. It not only picks up stuff about mm-hmm. what's going on down here, but also picks up energy and information that's floating around in the psychosphere that might be useful. Yeah, I I really am enjoying your explanation. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Good. Then let's let, then let's complete the other two sides of the triangle, of the of the rectangle. So, so my friend sends up her smoke signal to her higher self, who looks around and puts out a frequency to the higher self of the old boyfriend and makes the connection the way the balloon landed in the hedge for the second Laura. And then, like the farmer giving it to the second Laura, his higher self communicates to him that she wants him back. He gets the message, calls her up, and they're getting married in a couple of weeks. No kidding. Mm. Oh, my goodness. That's so big. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's another happy ending. <clears throat> well, happy I'm not beginning. sure about that. Happy oh, beginning. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> happy beginning. It's a happy I event. Mean... <laughs> They're getting married. Oh, my goodness. That's a great one. But, yeah, I like what you're saying about this. Because um, I'm thinking, well, it may not be just one frequency to another, but it may be that how it travels is your your revealing and and your theory and where it travels so maybe it's in a field of frequencies that are not connected not so connected to our five senses as you said but connected to this other higher force higher self yeah mhm very interesting yeah. dr Biteman. Well, thank you. So is that going to be your next book? <laughs> it sounds that, like a good one. That, that, yeah, I was going to say, make it a speak a lot. Uh, this, this, this one's, um, this one's, this uh, idea is in uh, the last, second to last chapter of this book. Of, of, me, right. of meaningful, of meaningful coincidences. Right. Um, right. So I, I try to do it there. I think talking with you, uh, I'm able to sharpen my ability to describe it. Um, but what I what I just tried to say um, is in the book. Uh, I'm just looking at it. It's on page 136, just to see. Um, and just to, to read it, I imagine personal energy information balloons representing each human mind floating in the psychosphere. Each 
balloon is connected to the individual mind that hovers around the skull encased brain. Our mind is separate from the brain, but it's still related to the brain. Like conventional balloons, they can inflate and deflate these, uh, these balloons of our higher selves and are buffeted and tossed in the ebbs and flows of the psychosphere, each with an energetic cord connecting to its earthbound twin. So that's, mm. there's more to it than that, but that's in there. So. Yes. That's why I asked you if you have another book coming, because it just feels exactly what you said is true, that there is so much more to that. And in identifying the psychosphere and, and the, the mystical, right now mysterious to most of us, inner workings of that psychosphere and how, I mean, you're talking about a lot about manifestation, but in, in a, a whole different realm of understanding coincidence and synchronicity and all of those things that you're, you've been studying for so long. But the psychosphere itself, that really intrigues me. And that's why I asked you if you're going to do a book just on that because there's so much to it. Uh, maybe you've heard of Teilhard de Chardin. Um, no. He's a, he's a Jesuit um, priest who coined the term noosphere, um, which means almost the same thing. N-O-O sphere was mind sphere, but I just didn't like the N-O-O. It sounded too negative, even though it meant mind in, mm-hmm. I think, Latin. Right. So that idea has been around. And just what you're saying is what needs to happen is to analyze uh, the makeup of the psychosphere. What is this thing? And uh, I've had enough trouble just being able to talk to somebody, and I've gotten that help from the two of you to see, well, maybe it's not such a crazy idea, the psychosphere thing. Not at all. I mean, if you think about it, see how I'm I'm interpreting this a little bit differently because I'm looking at how many people we've had on the show. I mean, PK, my God, how many people we have on the show talking about manifestation. So this is in some ways a manifestation that is almost miraculous with these two girls getting together. So how come? Mm-hmm. How come it happened there with this grandfather and it didn't happen with others? You know, it's like it doesn't happen all the time. So there's something unique that's going on and that makes it happen and i think you have hit on something with the psychosphere that is just incredibly important well thanks i do too (laughs) good for you (laughs) but i need i need this kind of support that you're giving me and i appreciate it i really do well, it's our pleasure because I know PK and I recognize, uh, you know, there are so many discrepancies in the way people talk about and try to instruct other people in manifestation. How mm-hmm. do you create these these miracles in your life or these upgrades in your life? It doesn't come easily. And a lot of people no, uh, tell sure. us, you know, yeah, gee, I really like the show and I went home and I tried to do this, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it just fell flat. You know, it doesn't work for them. So why? And, again, I think it's because there's a way this travels that it needs to travel at a certain path, at a certain area, in a certain mm-hmm. psychosphere. And and that's why I really hope you you will do more with that because I think it's an absolute key. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, it's 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 a it's a visual image. This rectangle, 
of how telepathy takes place. So that when you talk about manifestation, we begin to see, as you're suggesting, the grandfather helped manifest the friend. Why? How? Uh, I like the phrase uh, that at least sometimes what you're looking for is looking for you. Mm-hmm. Interesting that's thought. A good one. We like that's that one. Nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what was true in this one because the other, the second Laura was looking for a friend too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's and right. The and that we still miss it. Pardon me? Yeah, sometimes it's right under our nose that we still miss it. That, that's so true. Certainly giving us a lot of thought here today. Oh, my goodness. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I know I will be. Yeah. Well, it, I guess you haven't heard of this mental atmosphere idea before. I, no, I, have I haven't heard of it in this way. I mean, I'm interpreting it in a whole new way, in the way that you are mm-hmm. presenting it tonight. So I'm hearing it differently because oh. I, I know what you're talking about. This isn't new, you know, the people. But it sounds to me unique and in the way that you mm-hmm. are presenting it. There's something that you understand about this that I don't think anybody else understands about this. And it goes beyond your rectangle. I agree. Uh, tell me where it goes beyond the rectangle. I, I know it does, but tell me where where you see it going. I I can't say for certain because this is my first look at this with you and mm-hmm. Kay here tonight. But I do see it. It's almost like it's a field. You're identifying a field of, mm-hmm. of frequencies, energies. It's a pathway. It's an enormous pathway. How do you get to that pathway? I mean, I think that you've identified some very important characteristics, like the grandfather that loved his granddaughter so much and really with all his heart wanted to see her have a friend, you know, that that was his overriding passion for her. And so somehow he got into that area of, of how this can be and how it can travel and move, and he made a move. Mm -hmm. He made it move. But he, there's something to, oh, my God, this is so cool. <laughs> I am just so doors. excited. Yeah, we are going to be hopefully hearing more from you on this. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, it's, it's a lot of work just uh, going on podcasts now and, um, and talking about the book I'm doing, I'm, I've just written. Uh, I'm able to um, – to, to do my own podcast once a week, write a post for Psychology Today, um, and I have had no encouragement about the psychosphere until today. So I very oh. much appreciate that. Oh, well, good. Well, well, when the time is right. Happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, the, that balloon's going to come land on you. <laughs> and it will be And we're going to have you back on the show. <laughs> yeah. No, this has been so exciting. Exciting. I mean, this is really groundbreaking stuff. And I know, you know, like you said, you know, a lot of this, some of this has been talked about before, but you're putting a whole different spin on it that, again, we're hearing exactly. tonight, even though we, we've, already, we've already talked to you about some of this, but we're, today, tonight, we're hearing it in another new way. This mm-hmm. is very important. 
Very important, or we wouldn't be so excited about it. Definitely. I can hear that. Doors are being opened. I, yes. Yeah, that's what that's that's what we were doing today is opening the door. That's what you wanted. And to we do. did it. <laughs> Definitely. Oh my gosh, Doctor Beitman, this is great. Thank you so much. And you know, we're already at the end of our time. I can't believe it. This went by in the, the, just a blink of an eye. Talk about time space. Since we didn't have any any of that today. But yeah, it's just it feels like you just walked onto the show about five minutes ago. So thank you again so much for, for joining us, for joining our audience and and sharing these these really remarkable stories and these principles of connection and frequency with us tonight. It's been great. Thank you so much. And again everybody yes, please Get this book and give it to your friends for Christmas and Hanukkah and everything else. Meaningful Coincidences, How and Why Synchronicity and Serendipity Happen. It is by Bernard Beitman, M.D. Make sure you pick it up. So, Dr. Beitman, thank you again for everything. We're going to be thinking about this. Oh, for sure. And, and you've helped me start thinking about it, too, because I I mean, I've been out here in the wilderness with that idea, and now you've given me some more encouragement to think about it because I love being up in the air. I love being up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, again, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Next week we we have Thanksgiving. We're going to be taking off Thanksgiving. I'll post another show for you to listen to. We'll be back the week after with another live show. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls.